to solve this murder. I am your detective, Bill. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part four of the Murder on the Links. In part three, I noticed that in the garden there was a large tree which provides a second form of entry to the Renaud bedroom. We explored the golf course and met Giraud, a far more hands-on detective who has already found such clues as a South American match and cigarette stub. Finally, I went to the Dubroy house and noticed that Madame Dubroy seemed very familiar, a lead that Poirot is following up on in England. Okay, so Poirot's gone, which is cool because I get to hang out with my cooler, better detective, uh, Giraud. Giraud. Everyone has the same name, and it's just kind of vaguely French sounds. So I apologise if you can't keep track. (laughs) But I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. And I'm looking back through my notes from last episode, where I've just got four things I want to follow up on, right? Mm -hmm. Where I've got Bella, who's the secret lover. Mm -hmm. Dubrow, who's the secret lover. (laughs) Uh, The Will. You went away from secret lover for Dubrow. I think I did. Because I think she's actually a blackmailer. He's paid her, what, I've known, uh, £4,000 over the last six weeks, mm-hmm. which was like 200,000 francs or yeah. something. Yeah. Poor francs. Um, so maybe actually there's, there's like, the lover is Bella, the blackmailer is Dubroy. I need to follow up on the will and what it was two weeks ago and why Jack was, was told to leave and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then he's got this secret that people are mentioning. He mentioned the secret... The two robbers in Mrs. Reynolds' story mentioned the secret. There's lots of secrets mentioning. I want to go back over that story for a second as well. Because I made a statement here of, of saying that if that was true or false, if, if that was true, I'd, I'd eat that my hat you would hat or eat whatever the lines. audience told you to eat. Yeah, something like that. But I want to point out now, like, I'm thinking back to, to the rest of the interactions with her. And while the story was patently ridiculous, she did seem legitimately, like shocked at her husband's death how like this is true this is one of the things i would like to i would like a a reissue of this moment with a with a with a description from you oh sure obviously when i had it happen it was you acting it out and it was fun if a little silly (laughs) if i put my brain into hastings brain you don't know did she seem like what that if i was watching her like does she seem like she was legitimately distraught at the husband's death like Mm. Is one of those ones where, you know, in Poirot, they're always like, if she's an actor, she's a damn good one. Oh, yeah, true. It was like when she came in and she'd been trying to steal herself and say, no, I can totally identify the body. When she came in, she did legitimately faint. There was nothing fake about that. Okay, it was a legitimate yes. fainting. So that, that kind of all means... the All the rest you could potentially put aside for acting. That is a lot harder. Okay, so that throws a, a cog in the works of she made it all up. It's an absurd story. Which I don't like. I don't like the cogs there, because that's clearly nonsense, but maybe it's not nonsense. What do you think about this match and cigarette stub? It's such a bloody... Like, clearly they meant to have come from a South American person, either the two ridiculous South Americans, or wasn't Jack in South America? No, he just left for South America. Mm. He was in Paris. But also, like, P.T. Barnum slash Renaud, the, the victim... Does business in South America? They could just be his. Yeah, Giraud made very clear. He obviously checked that out. And nope, uh, Renaud's cigarettes are completely different. Okay, so they definitely have come from South America. That adds more credence to the ridiculous story of the two burly South American <laughs> men coming in and going, "Tell me your secret." 
or I'll kill you with this um 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 knife I've just found. Mm. Right. So terrible burglars or terrible threateners, terrible people, both morally and practically. Where are you pondering this in character? Oh, where is Hastings? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose the only thing I'm really waiting for... You know what? Maybe Just... I went down to the docks. Well, down to the docks? Oh, not the docks. To the train station to see off Poirot. Oh, okay. Because he's leave. He's just left for England. So maybe I'm back in town or on my way from from here to the to the to the train station or from the train station back to the house. That's probably where I am. Okay, that's totally fair. I assumed you were going to go to your thinking spot bench, but that works too. I'll oh, take I you do to have my thinking spot bench. Y- you know, it makes perfect sense that you've been to the station, and I can work with that. But yeah, I'm off. I'm off down at the station, having just seen Poirot off on his train back to Calais, to his boat back to Dover, and then his car, his hired motor car back to London, and then a walk back to his apartment. But Great. I didn't do any of that. I stayed here. And while you are pondering there, the station, what's a station dude, comes up to you. Yep. Says, excuse me, have you just come down from uh, Villa Genevieve? Uh, yeah, yes, I, I have come down from Villa Genevieve. Oh, we have received a message in advance from England that one uh, Mr. Stoner is on his way. He's going to be on the next train, and he Ooh. was hoping someone might be able to meet him. And I'm, show... I'm psyched. Mr. Stoner is the secretary, isn't he? Yes. Yes. I'm. Did I know that, or did I just invent that just right then? No, you knew that. I've said his name before. Okay, I just I guess I remembered. It wasn't in my notes. But yes, I'm, I'm happy to wait for the secretary because that lets me tick off one of my things, which is the will. All I want to talk to... This secretary about is the will. So yes, I'm mate, hundred percent. I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out at the station. Fantastic. Don't worry about it. And if there is anything that I can do to help, I I don't know what I can, but you never know. I I know this town a little bit. I Ooh. I know my job. Uh, anything? Yeah, actually, maybe there is some stuff to talk to talk to a porter about, like the comings and goings of people, but also maybe the people in town. Do you know the Renaults? Uh, somewhat. Uh, yes, they do live here, obviously. The train isn't generally their preferred form of transport, although the sun more so. Oh, Jack. You know Jack? Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, have you seen him lately? Uh, yes. Say yesterday? Well, yes. Last night. He left on a midnight train to Georgia? No, he arrived. Wait, what? He was... Wait, what? He arrived? Isn't he meant to be in bloody Buenos Aires? I what, don't know what to last, tell you. He arrived on the train last night. Yes, he arrived on the 11.40 p.m. train coming in. Oh, my God. It's the, the last inbound train of the night. Now, this is the night of the murder, right? I'm not going crazy. I'm not tell, this is to you, Danny, not to him. Correct. 11.40 p.m., the murder happened at 2 a.m. So he's 100% here for the murder. Uh, was, he, was he alone or was he, was he with two bearded men or what? one other bearded man? Does he have a beard? No. Okay. Was he alone or with two bearded men? Uh, alone as far as I could tell. Did you hear him being like, I'm going to kill my dad over and over what? again? Was he, was he singing like, I'm going to kill my dad? No, he okay. doesn't seem... Look, I don't know him, know him, but that would be very shocking. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> It'd be shocking to anybody in any context. Look, we were already getting ready to close up that track for the night. That's the last inbound train. The last outbound train is... Yeah, about 45 minutes later, 12.17 a.m. Was he on that train? Did he leave again straight afterwards? No, that would have been absurd to be able to make the trip up and down in that sort of time. Did you say 12.17? Yes. That's so specific. Yes. It's a train. Uh, yeah, I know it's a train, but it's also a story. Okay, so 
if I ask him, does he, like, I don't want to waste everybody's time at home with a long conversation. If I ask him about the other family members, does he tell me anything interesting or new? Probably not much. He's, his basic information is about the trains and their times. Yeah, right? He's a train guy. Yeah. I'm assuming it's just train stuff. And yeah. you didn't see Jack leave recently, did you? Or come in from, no, he would have just come no, in No, I didn't. Because he, he would have called his son. Sorry, I'm not talking to you anymore. Shut up, Porter. He would have <laughs> called his son to say, you're in Paris, go to Buenos Aires. And yep. then the son was like, ha, 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 no, thank you. And instead he came here. Do I have, I'm trying to check my notes to see if I mentioned anything about what that conversation was. It would have been when I was talking to the wife, saying that her husband recently sent Jack to Buenos Aires yesterday, which was the same day that he sent the letter to us. Mm. Wild. Yeah, a lot happened yesterday. He sends Jack to Buenos Aires, but Jack comes here instead. Mm. So either... That's a deliberate thing, like Jack being like, oh, he wants to send me to Buenos Aires, too bad I'm going to come and kill him. Or it's like, oh, he said something really scary and he sent me away. I need to look after my... Like, it's obviously something is wrong. I've got to turn up and help. But if that was the case, it wouldn't be so secret, right? Like, I would know that Jack is here. The family, the household would know that Jack is here. Mm. Like, he is clearly keeping it secret. And if the family knows, they are also keeping it secret. Yeah, that's a lot of people. The person who arrived arrived at 10.30. What person Oh, no, arrived? not person arrived. The person who left, at, like, like Mrs. Dubroy, who may have actually oh, been Oh, sorry, Bella. yes. So that was not Jack in a wig. <laughs> I've just got to check these look, things sometimes. I won't call it impossible impossible, but it would be pretty wild if nobody realised that. if I think somebody used the tree to come in through the garden and then covered up their, their tracks, that could well be Jack, Right. Making a secret, that's why no one else knew he was there, because he made a secret entrance into the bedroom in the middle of the night. So, so Jack could arrive in the, in the middle of the night, and in that, that solves the weirdness of rocking up and then borrowing somebody else's knife to kill them. Like, my first thought was, if you were going to turn up to someone's house, why would you not, and you wanted to use a knife, you would just bring your own knife. Mm. But if Jack gave her his, his stupid bloody Air Force wire knife... He could rely on it being in the bedroom. Like he doesn't need to smuggle a knife in on the train or, or go to the knife shop and leave, a, and leave like a trail of, oh, a young man came in and bought a knife from me just as he arrived off the train. Instead, he can be like, well, I know they've got a, a knife in their bedroom. I gave it to them. I can just whip that out and kill my dad. Hmm. Just a bit of a kill my dad. Just woo, kill my dad. But it doesn't explain why either... Mrs. Barnum, I'm going to say this every time. I'm so sorry. His name, look, if you didn't want me to call him Barnum, Agatha shouldn't have called him PT. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Mrs. Barnum slash Renault either is fabricating a ridiculous story, because it is a ridiculous story, to protect her son that she knew was there, right? And she's fabricated the story to be like, hey, don't now they won't suspect my son. But would then still get shocked by the murder because she hasn't seen her husband's dead body. Maybe she wasn't fully sure about the murder. Maybe she was holding out hope and she saw the body and was like, oh my God, right? So that's one, that's one option. Or the son got some other dude with him to be like, hey, come, come intimidate my father with me. And he was one of the bearded men from South America. Speaking a bit of South American Spanish because he would know some South American Spanish probably. But he was meant to be in Paris, so I don't know where he got the South American stuff. So maybe there was a real South American with it. I, I'm not sure of the details. This is very interesting, very intricate. But there's something there. 
Oh, thank you, Porter. I kissed the Porter. Ooh, he's French. He loves it. I give him an English kiss. Oh. He, he recognizes it as English and is a little disappointed. Good. All right. So you wait just a little longer and eventually man steps off the train. This is Mr. Stoner, the secretary. Whatever you are picturing for this secretary, it is not what steps off the train. Oh, well, let me set the scene. There's a railroad train and the door opens and a man steps out <laughs> and everybody looks and everybody saw it was the same man they'd been singing, they'd been singing about. about. And he says, I missed you. Is that what goes on? Is that what happens? No. Okay. So, okay. I'll tell you what I'm picturing. Mm -hmm. I'm picturing a boring looking man with uh, horn rim sun, not sunglasses, horn rim glasses uh, and a brown suit, uh, but kind of tall, but thin and with a long face. And he says, Yes, hello, I'm Mr. Stoner. He um, looks a bit more like Dwayne Johnson. Well, he's massive. He's super athletic. He I is hunky. He is hulking. He's all bronzed from travel. He Stoner. has stories from all over the world. I love... Can we just fire Poirot and replace him with Jero <laughs> and Stoner? Can we fire Hastings? Can we just do the adventures of Jero and Stoner in the future? Far out. I love it. Okay, hold on. i got to write... Stoner. It's O-R, interestingly. Stonor. St Stonor. Stonor. Oh, in that case, of course he's huge. Jacked. Tanned. Cool. Well, I don't know if he's cool yet. I might talk to him and be like, <laughs> I love to work out in the sun. It helps me with my arithmetic. I never, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. So let's try it out. I say, no, st Stoner, old boy. Hello, it's uh, Hastings. Hastings is my name. Jolly good to meet you, chap. And I put my hand He down. looks at your hand. He slaps it away and hugs you. Oh, Stoner! He's cool. I'm going to underline cool. This is a very terrible business that we're involved in right now. I'm so sorry that this is the line of work you're in. This is miserable. I will do everything I can to help. I'm going to double underline cool. <laughs> Um, Stoner, I'm, no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm let's sorry. Let's walk. Yes, let's walk together. Let's do some, we'll squat together. We'll do, <laughs> we'll do some squats. Let's do lunges on our way up to the cavern together. Up to the, up to the villa, shall we? Here, here, I, I brought us two heavy packs that each weigh 50 kilos. Let's put them on our shoulders and, and do a jog up, up to the Oh, up to I the wouldn't mansion. dream of it with the heavy psychological burden you already carry. Let me take them all. Oh, no. No, I say, uh, uh, Mr. Stoner, I'm my my psychological burden is fairly fairly light, right? Like I'm I'm a third party here. This is something I'm used to, but surely you must be distraught at the loss of a of if not a friend, at least a client. Oh, I I would definitely have called us at least some level of friend. Like we we haven't known each other for that many years, but yes, I I felt we were there. We were there. Mm. <sighs> Now, I'm thinking to myself, audience at home, if they haven't known each other for very long, I mean, a couple of years, that's fine. Is it weird to leave them a thousand pounds in your will? Or is that just like, that's the fee for doing the will, right? You get a little bit, like you did all the admin, you get a thousand pounds. Like, I don't know. Um, well, you, you say you've known each other for a few years. Uh, yes, pretty much right since he arrived in England from South America. As oh, soon as he course, course. brought his main living situation here, he hired a secretary. That was me ever since. Now, I will say, and, and I hope this does not come across as rude, but you seem fairly tanned and like you get out in the sun much. 
I would assume you haven't come from England. Or Oh yes, I I enjoy a good holiday. I've done a safari in Africa. Have you done that one? Oh, I've, I've done, done my fair share of tours yes. of the dark continent. I briefly helped co-run a ranch in California. This dude's cool. Hold on, wait, wait. Safari in Africa, where he only uh, helped animals escape from poachers. Mm, asterisk nah, that nah. I may be glossing over. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, really? What does the book say? <laughs> he shot big game in Africa. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> what? Big game is the name of a poacher. <laughs> I'm big game and I'm going to get you all. Okay. Not on my watch, big game. Kapow! Ah, you got me! <laughs> Ranch in Cali. Mm. Um, yes, I've been to Korea as well. I traded in the South Sea Islands. I don't even know where those ones are. W- which South Sea Islands is that? Is it like the Isle of Wight or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I was also previously secretary to a New York railway magnate. And also I spent a year in the Arabian Desert. This dude's uh, like an old-timey adventurer. Quite frankly, I'm amazed my skin is in the condition it is. It should be much worse. <laughs> and uh, what about South America? Have you ever been there? No, believe it or not. Never once? No, it's a very strange gap in my resume. I should go there. I was, quite frankly, a little bit disappointed that Monsieur Renaud had no immediate intention of returning. Interesting. I don't know if that's a clue or not. Well, uh, Mr. Stoner, and I don't know what to ask Mr. Stoner. What do I want to know? Oh, well, I want to talk about the will. But do I get straight to the will or do I do some other little niceties about people? I'm going to ask about people. Uh, so, obviously, you, you, you knew Mr. Mr. Renault. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, surely it's a shock that he's been murdered. Did you, or did you know if he had any enemies or people who are out to get him? Look, nothing so dramatic as that. I will say, while he didn't confide in me a reason... He did seem rattled lately on the few times that I had seen him in person. Yes, he indicated as much in the the letter that we received that he'd been rattled lately. Do you have any, did he ever explain to you why? No, not at all. Uh, As far as I'm aware, there was nothing suspicious going on. Hmm. He never confided in, in me anything that I would feel would make that sort of enemy. Interesting. Um, and what about uh, the other, the rest of the, the Renault household? D- did you know his, his wife at all? Uh, only in passing. I definitely spoke to him a lot more. Again, don't know of any scandals going on there. They are a couple very much in love. And, and, and their son, Jack? Was he, a, 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 as, as often happens in these situations, a, a rapscallion? Or, or was oh. he a, a dutiful son? Well, you know, every young man has his moments, of course, but... Well, he he sneaked off to join the Air Force when he was 17. Oops, not quite legal, but he was just doing his duty. He was I quite joined, admiral, really. I joined the, the, the war to fight in, in, in... And you understand. When I was only 10. Oh, goodness. I was a tall 10. Oh. I'm in fact only 20 now. <laughs> Eight, I'm in, wait, what year is it? Like 1923 or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm like 19. <laughs> um, all right. And and lately he's been working for his father, representing business interests in, in Paris? Or Oh, yes, thereabouts. Just odd jobs, talking with people. And I'm assuming this is the new house. You, you haven't gotten to know the staff at all? I don't know. Have you been to, the, to Villa Genevieve before? I have only been here once during the six weeks at this point. Normally it would be slightly more often, but I only come down on weekends. So I do, he doesn't need my services very often. 
wonderful. Oh, now I do have a question about your services. Mm, please. We uh, look as as part of the investigation. We we were we noticed in his study his his will. Uh, oh yes, fair enough. Kind will. Um, I, I believe you may know the details of that will. Of but course, I, I help. I helped write it. I won't ask you to to break privilege, but. I don't think there's much of a problem with oh, that. Cool. That's a good the point. The details of... Tell me what the details of... To your memory, what were the details of that will? Uh, well, I believe there was, up front, a thousand pounds left to me. Yep. And then, pretty much, it was half to Mrs. Reynold, half to Jack. Now, you say that's the will that you wrote. I, I didn't write it. Or I oversaw yes, the writing. Yes. When was that? That was a while ago? Yes, quite some time ago. Two years, perhaps. Interesting. Do you know anything about... Do you have a... Okay, wait, hold on. I'm just going to make a... So that is... Look, that is what I thought the original will would be, right? A split between the wife and the son. Mm-hmm. So clearly the son has been written out of the will. Uh, Jack written out of will. That is that is interesting. You didn't oversee the, the drafting of a new will maybe only two weeks ago? Oh, no, not at all. Hmm, interesting. There has been a new will. Dude, don't... Now, I don't know if you're the sort of man who worries, but your stipend is still in there. But the, Good to know, I suppose. But it's been increased to a million pounds and you're under arrest for the murder. <laughs> no. Jack, it appears, has been... Well, I don't want to, to tell tales out of school, but Jack has been written out of the will. Oh. That seems awfully unfair. So what? It's just all going to the wife now? It all goes to, and I quote, my wife... <laughs> I mean, I suppose it probably won't make that much of a difference. She loves her son very much, as far as I know. It seems a little odd of a choice. It does. Do, do, you, do you have any idea of any recent altercation between father and not son? A, not even a little bit. That seems ridiculous. This family... I don't know. I, I've never seen anything like that between them. Obviously, I've seen very little of Jack, but by reputation, I never heard them say a bad word against him. Interesting. Oh, what? Mm, no. Huh. Hmm. What if? Do you, have, do you have the old copy of the will? Oh, I might have a copy. I, I didn't think to bring it with me. I'm sorry. It's... The will that I saw, Danny, mm-hmm. I'm talking to Danny now, so you can cut the strings yep. to the doll of stone and allow the, the yes, fleshy yes. mass to fall to the floor. Um, the will that we saw, typed up, handwritten, is there a chance that it was not written by... Renault. I will go with everything looked to be in order. Because my thought is suddenly, there's, there's, uh, no, wait, never mind. <laughs> I think I was about to suggest that, that the wife found out it wasn't her son, but she had the son. She would know. <laughs> <laughs> she'd, she'd be pretty aware, I think, of, <laughs> of, of the, the child. But, you know, like, I understand you could have maternity issues if it's like, the child was swapped out at the hospital. Sure, like women but... may not know that, but she definitely knows she had a son. So, <laughs> so I don't think it's like, a, oh, this is actually Bella's son. That's not going to be how it works. I was really weirded out actually in the start of this book because when I list the characters, it says, and Jack, Madame Renaud's son. And I went, oh, but not his son. And then later on it said, no, his son. Went, yeah. Wait, now it's swapped. Yeah. Hang on. Okay, so, so maybe that's not a, a, a line to follow up on. I've just discovered he's not my son and he's out of the will. That would not work this way. Maybe work the other way around. Maybe that is how it works. Maybe he did find out it's not his son. Maybe it isn't his son. Maybe it's, maybe, uh, I turn to Stoner and say, hey, you having a secret affair with the, with the wife? Excuse me? God, no. She wouldn't do a thing like that. Okay, that's fair. Just checking. Just got to put it out there so people don't reprimand me for it later. Um... I mean, look, on the one hand, thank you. Well, look, you seem like a man anyone would have an affair with. (laughs)
You're very adventurous and cool. Okay, so that's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. I mean, look, that's more of a confirmation than new information. I thought Jack was probably written out of the will. I've now discovered Jack was written out of the will. But also that Stoner was not involved in the, in the drafting of the new will. So it was kind of done secretly and suddenly. But also, Jack, let's, let's say Jack is, is on our suspect list. Let's say we're thinking, did Jack do the murder, right? Because he had just arrived by train on the night of the murder secretly. That's pretty damning, right? Now, if he did the murder, he would not know about the new will. It would be ridiculous to be cut out of a will and then murder someone for it, because now you get nothing. You would want to convince him to write you back into the will, right? If, if that's... So... That's like an anti-motive. If he knew about the new will, he would not have done a murder. Big if. Right? Big if. But if he has had a fight with his father, if there's some thing that has led to a contention and he doesn't know he's been written out of the will, that thing, that, that contention, if I can find out what it is, could be a motive. Mm. Right? Like, he doesn't know about the will. The will is just an indication to me as an investigator there is some conflict here and that could lead to motive. So I need to find out what that conflict is. New question, what is the Jack-PT conflict? Because nobody seems to have a word bad to say about them or their relationship. Hmm. Everyone's like, no, they get along great. It's wonderful. Don't worry about it. But it has to have been a Jack-PT conflict because it's PT's will. He wrote the will. You know, like... There must be something there. Well, there was apparently some sort of fight between them. Because he had sent him away to, to Paris for two weeks, right? Did somebody mention anything more specific about a fight? So I need to find out what that fight was about. Well, okay, if I'm talking to Stoner, if I want to find out more from Stoner, he may have some idea of the dealings in this, in this family. But the family, to me, um, I can ask about... No, there's been payments every six weeks. Maybe he knows something about this. Mm-hmm. Um... Stone, I was just trying to think, like, who else is a player in this, in this situation that I could ask him about? And I was like, there's just the, 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 the three people. He doesn't know the maids. I forgot about Dubroy. I say, um, Stoner, I hope it's not a, a touchy subject. But do you know anything about a Madame Dubroy? Oh. Uh, I do know that name, yes. Uh, do you know any? She seems to live, she lives next door. There seems to be some connection between her and, and, and Mr. Renault. Oh, you could say that been having to cut checks between them constantly. You were involved in this, this, this £4,000 over the last six weeks? Mm. Yep, that's the one. Ugh. Oh man, I also got to, we're talking about checks, I got to ask him who the hell Devine is as well. Mm. I'm not there yet, I'm not there yet, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Mm. Okay, this is the stoner episode everybody, just, just bask in the presence of stoner. <laughs> Give me some stoner fan art if you'd like. Okay. Yes, I, I do some of the work of balancing Mr. Reynolds' checkbooks, so yes, when I saw these payments were happening... Do you have any idea why Mr. Renaud was making these payments to Madame de Bruyne? I think it looks pretty clear, doesn't it? She must have had some information about him. That's I don't I know too. of any deep secrets from his past, but perhaps she does. So you 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 believe she was blackmailing? Without a doubt. That you don't was... think there was any secret I've relationship been... there, a patronage? No, 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 no. Look, I've been a secretary for quite some time, and this had all of the hallmarks of blackmail, not something else. And again, sorry, what was that alternative you just came up with? Uh, they were having a torrid affair and he was giving her money. Come on, he would never do that. He doesn't look twice at another woman. So he's gay. Another woman. Ah. He's a woman. So you're a woman and you're having an affair. 
So you okay? So that's at least Stoner is confirming what my theory was, which is De Bruyne was blackmailing him, but he doesn't know why. No, Something no. In the past. It seems the most likely. Like, yes, I talked to him a lot about business in South America, but personal life and anything that came before that, not so much. I, I, I truly don't know anything about his pre-South American life or his childhood or anything like that. Perhaps they knew each other. Yes, yes. And this ties into, I'm going to have to find out, like, if we, if Poirot can send me a letter discovering who Du Bruy is, that'll be able to connect possibly to the reason for the blackmail, mm. right? It's like, oh, Madame Du Bruy, born P.T. Renault. What? It's him in a wig. Like, you know, I'll find, like, that'll be, that'll be something interesting. If that's what yep. it is, I'll have no idea. Okay, so I don't think, I don't think there's more to get for him for that. I think that's a confirmation. He's confirming a lot of my theories. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Stoner, mm-hmm. uh, what is your first name? Stoner? Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabe. Um, can I call you Gabe? Sure, it's a first, but why right. not? Uh, G-Man, I have a question. <laughs> well, you better hurry, we're almost at the gate. Uh, I, I pretend to sprain my ankle. Oh, dear. You'll, you'll have to carry me. Yep, yep, okay. Um, this is happening. Does the name, I whisper into his ear as he carries me, <laughs> does the name Bella mean anything to you? Oh, look, I've known a lot of people. Yes, I've probably known Bellas, Isabellas, Jezebellas, Grizabellas. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, I'll put Grizz next to Bella. Yes. In, uh, in relation to Mr. Renault, I can't immediately think of any. Any? Hmm. Interesting. Any more information? Young woman, uh, English, brown hair. Uh, it's still too broad. Just a first name isn't much to go on. Has a, a creepy obsession with Mr. Mr. Renault. Says, I love you, I love you, I'll kill you, I love you, I love you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you, I love you. This does not match any of my work experience with him at all. Whose jacket is it? That's a question. What if it's not his jacket? It was in the pocket of his jacket, this note. What if it's not his jacket? What if it's Jack's jacket? What if it's the jacket? What if Jack comes home, puts his jacket, right? On the on the entry into the house, then PT is like, "Well, I gotta leave, so I'll find my PT it." But he finds a jacket instead, and puts that on, and he leaves with with Jack's jacket. And Jack's jacket has the note from Bella because Bella loves Jack, and that is why he was sent away because there's a scandal over Bella and the relationship and who she is. And so he's like, you'll never marry a Bella. I'll send you to Paris so you won't be able to see the young girl. Or maybe he had a fight and he went to Paris. Like, I'm in love, father. I'm marrying Bella. And he said, no, 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 no. You must stay here and marry uh, the person I tell you to marry for business. You must marry Grisabella. And he said, no, I'll marry Elizabella. And, and he runs off to Paris and in a huff, PT's like, no son of mine will marry a Bella. And he and he writes, he writes him out of the will. And then Bella comes back last night and is like, please, no, I love him. I love him. You can't let him go to Buenos Aires. If you send him to Buenos Aires, he'll never know that I am carrying his child. So then PT's like, oh my God, you're carrying his child? This changes everything. But he's on the train heading to Buenos Aires right now, so, and I quote here, for God's sake, 
Go now. You've got to catch him before he leaves. You've got to love actually him at the station. She's like, oh, of course I'll go. Oh, thank you, father. Can I call you father? <laughs> and he says, of course you can, my dear. And then she runs to stop Jack. But Jack, he didn't even leave because he wants to murder his father. <laughs> I think I'm piecing this together. I don't hate this at all. This is a theory. And I'm running with it. And i got to say, it feels good. It's a good feeling theory. I don't even, I want to end the episode. That's a good theory, but I got to, I think I got to go a little bit longer because I need to ask him one last question. Stoner. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gabriel F. Stoner. I've invented you a middle name. You get to pick it, but I've given you an F. Esquire MD. Esquire MD. Man of danger. <laughs> Does the name Duveen mean anything to you? Or Duvon? Does this go with that Bella? Because yes, you know what? Sure, Bella Devine. Bella Devine. Bella Devine. Bella Devine. It rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? That does sound familiar. Where would I have possibly heard that? This is the problem with having been to so many places. Is she, and I say this only with the interest of foreshadowing, a vaudeville actress in Tumblr? Goodness, I suppose... That is something I could have seen at some point. Damn it, I thought he'd know. So i got to find out who Bella Devine is. Okay, I won't say it's impossible, but... Goodness, that's a tough one. I can, I'll keep thinking about it, obviously. You keep thinking. Can I, like, ask Poirot to also Google that? He's Googling in, in <laughs> London. Can I ask him to, to Google that too? Uh, well, how about this instead? <clears throat> Alright, so you and Stoda, you get up to the house, you see him in, he's going to go and make some actual statements to the real police. He squeezes through the door frame and he has to turn sideways <laughs> to fit. Duck. Duck. He has to duck and turn sideways. He has to turn sideways and duck to get in. Meanwhile, you decide you've covered a lot of information here. You've got a lot of theories. You need to go to your thinking spot. I go to my thinking spot. We pre-established my lovely thinking spot by the sea. You watch the sea, you meditate on it, you think about all of these facts. And then... Remember that hedge behind you that's actually not all that soundproof? Oh, yes. I was. I knew there'd be a secret that I get to overhear from here. What is it? Well, you don't hear anyone talking, but you definitely hear someone walking, maybe humming a little bit. And so you stand up and you peek around. It is an extremely familiar person. And when they see you, they look incredibly shocked as well. It's the harlot from the train. It's Train Girl. Train Girl! Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.